0: I am here with Shannon Messenger, author of the uh, Lost Cities series and the Skyfall series. So, Shannon, for, to start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Wow, I'm really not all that interesting. <laughs> I mostly... Um, live my life from deadline to deadline these days. So, honestly, I'm not joking when I say I'm not all that interesting because I pretty much write about 14 hours a day right now. Um, so, pretty much the only other thing that I ever say about myself is that I'm bordering on crazy cat lady territory. Uh, I have um, six cats. <laughs> so, I think that really does sort of put me in the crazy cat lady territory, except I'm married. So, we're the weird cat couple instead.
0: <laughs> okay. I think that makes it better. So,
1: <laughs> it, does. it really really, really does. I keep telling my husband he can't ever leave me because then I have to get rid of the cats too.
0: <laughs> so your first book, uh, Keeper in the Lost Cities, is the first in a series. Can you tell us a little bit about that series?
1: Yeah, I always call it um, Lord of the Rings meets X-Men. And it is the following the story of 12-year-old Sophie who um, finds out that she's not human and that she actually belongs to this secret world called the Lost Cities. And uh, that someone took a lot of trouble to hide her with humans and not let her know what she really is. And now that she's been found, she has to sort of figure out how to be what she really is, but also kind of figure out why someone hid her away. And it, I don't want to spoil anything, but I will say that it has to do with secrets That have been planted in her brain She is telepathic And so she has very strong telepathic powers But she also has memories in her mind That aren't hers And as we go through the series We start to learn more about those secrets And the group that is behind her existence And it's a lot of fun But it's a totally biased opinion Coming from me So,
0: (laughs) Well I agree (laughs) And I have to say The the part where she finally left To go into Lost Cities Was absolutely heartbreaking oh
1: thank you that scene i probably wrote 20 times because it was such a sometimes it was too sad sometimes it wasn't sad enough and finding that right balance especially since keeper is the first book i ever wrote so i was very much still learning how to write um, so that scene i'm so glad whenever someone tells me that they love it because man i worked hard to get that scene right <laughs>
0: So Keeper is quite a bit longer than most books aimed at that age group. Did that give you any trouble?
1: Uh, You know, it's funny. Um, I had heard a lot about word count and middle grade books, and I knew that Keeper was definitely over that. The first book is 100,000 words, and they say when you read agent blogs and whatever that it should be no more than 60,000 words. So I had wondered if I would have a problem with it. But the funny thing is my agent, never batted an eye at it. My editor never batted an eye at it. Um, My readers, in fact, I usually get requests for make the next book longer, (laughs) which um, I have actually, each book gets longer. Um, So really the only downside to it that I've experienced is that it's sort of twice the work for me. (laughs) I'm kind of doing two books for the price of one, which I don't know if that really puts me in the smart category, but um, it's just one of those things where... The story needs it because it's a really intricate world. It's a really elaborate cast of characters. And if you tried to rush through that, you wouldn't feel what you need to feel. And so I work very hard to make sure that the books read fast, even though they're long. And I don't understand how kids do it, but I will hear from kids who read the books in three or four hours. Even though book three was, I think, six hundred and forty pages, so clearly there are some kids with some superpowers out there, <laughs> because I can't read it that fast, um, and I just, I think there are certain readers that really want to fall into a story. And so, I mean, if you're looking for the kid that's just looking for a book to finish his book report, he's probably not going to pick mine. And I'm not saying that it's a boy just by defaulting to the male gender there. Girls do that too. Um, They're probably going to go for one of those 120 pagers so that they can be done. But for the kids that absolutely enjoy reading Um, I think that that's who's finding my books. And I actually have heard from quite a few parents and, and teachers who say that my book was that gateway book for kids to fall in love with reading. So I think they just have to look past the thickness of the book and trust that the chapters are short and it reads really fun. Again, biased opinion.
0: (laughs) Well, good. Now, I understand you went through, was it 21 drafts?
1: It was 20. But yes, it was it was 20 drafts to get Keeper published. Um, In my defense, I never completed the first 10 of them. I'd get about halfway through and realize I'm bored, which is sort of writer 101. If you're not even interested with the story you're telling, probably doing something wrong. Um, I got my agent on draft 13 We revised five times together. Draft 18 was what sold. But then, of course, an editor's job is to edit. (laughs) So two more revisions for my editor and draft 20. So I always say, yes, the first book I ever wrote did get published, but it really wasn't the first book I ever wrote because I wrote that same book 20 times. So it's technically the 20th book I wrote.
0: Uh, How many books will Keeper go?
1: I honestly don't know. Um, I have really wanted to sort of let the story unfold on its own. So I kind of am to the point, I mean, when we sold it, we sold it as a trilogy. So we knew there had to be three. Um, And then book four is coming out. Um, I'm not allowed to comment on whether there will be a book five, but there might be some news coming on that front soon. (laughs) Um, And each book, I just sort of go into it knowing what I what story I still have left. And it may be that I get that all in, in one book. It may be that I realize I need to go into another book and we're just sort of playing it by ear. I just don't want it to be one of those series where the last book sort of is a little lackluster because there really wasn't enough story left. that The author could have just sort of condensed that in to the other book. So I just kind of want to make sure that I'm I'm trusting the story not how many books I'm arbitrarily saying it should be.
0: Now, Sophie has a stuffed blue elephant named Ella. Now, Ella is a real stuffed blue elephant. Is that right?
1: Yes. In fact, I um, still sleep with Ella. And when I go around to school visits and things, I bring Ella with me to show to my readers. Although I should confess, it is technically Ella number two that they are seeing. Because the real Ella, I've had since I was four and I have slept with her every night. So she is not as bright blue (laughs) as she used to be. And there's pretty much no stuffing left in her head. (laughs) So I don't think that that would really make the impression on kids that I would like it to. So um, it's a toy that there was a brand called Puffalumps, which totally reveals that I'm an 80s child. And I went on eBay and found that they had the exact same Puffalump, but still in the box fresh. So I bought Ella, number two, and Ella travels with me um, so that everyone can see what a nerd I am and that I still sleep with bright blue elephants. And my goal is that if these books ever become like Harry Potter Huge, maybe we can get Fisher Price to start making that Puffle Up again. So come on, universe, make this happen. <laughs> I want that to be my gift to humanity bringing Puffle Ups back. <laughs> Um,
0: you also have a young adult series called Skyfall. Can you tell us a little, a little bit about that one?
1: Sure. Um, for one thing, I always say that the whole Skyfall thing technically has no relation to James Bond, unless, of course, that makes you want to read it, then yes, it is all about James Bond. Um, it's it's called the Skyfall series because the first book is called Let the Sky Fall, and for some reason, it just sort of morphed into that's what everyone called it. So um, it's actually about air elementals. I kind of, the, the elevator pitch I use is Last Airbender meets Twister with Kissing. Um, and it's sort of equal parts romance and wind wars. And it's told in dual POV, which is a, a ton of fun. And so the two main characters are Vane, who's 17 years old and has absolutely no idea that he is an air elemental. He's kind of a lazy, kind of useless guy. I call him my dude in distress. And then there's 17-year-old Audra who is sort of tasked with protecting him. And because of a mistake that happens, um, she has to sort of get him to remember who he is so that they'll be able to be strong enough to survive this threat that's coming for them. And he being typical 17 year old boy is kind of more interested in the fact that she's rather attractive and would rather hit on her than train with her and so it's a really funny dynamic of of getting to have him be sort of hopeless at the romantic stuff and her sort of really tough as nails throwing him into walls every time he's being difficult and it was a lot of fun to write it's probably the funnest book i've ever written
0: uh how many books will that series go
1: that is a trilogy and the Two books of it are out. The third book called Let the Wind Rise is coming out. I believe it's April 26th, but sometimes release dates change. So just know it will be spring 2016.
0: Okay. uh, Did you have any difficulty switching between the middle grade and YA genres?
1: Not really, because I'm a very character-driven writer, and so when I'm writing Sophie, she's 13, and I'm thinking very much like a 13-year-old girl, and then when I'm writing Vane and Audra, they're 17, and I'm just really channeling that. The only thing that really hurts my brain is that Sophie's story is written third-person past tense, and Let the Sky Fall is written dual POV first-person present tense. And so usually when I switch the verbs are wrong for like the first couple of chapters and then I realize, right I need to shift tenses Um, which does also sort of help me get into the voice but it usually means I mess up the verbs in the beginning and sort of curse the fact that it's a different tense in the beginning and then once I fall into the rhythm then I'm glad because it helps me to really have their voices be distinct
0: So when working on either series, did you ever realize that you accidentally foreshadowed something in an earlier book that you had to write into a later one?
1: I don't know if I would say accidentally. I mean, I definitely love to do what um, in my screenwriting classes, my teachers would tell us to leave ourselves breadcrumbs, which are sometimes you don't even know what you're going to do with them. You'll just throw something out there and think, well, it can stand on its own and people won't think it's too weird, but you could go back and play with it later. And so I have done that a lot. And sometimes I will surprise myself with what I'll come up with to use it for. Um, I'd love to claim that every single thing I planted, I knew exactly what it was going to be, but sometimes no, sometimes I have a vague idea and then I come up with something way better, but it's, it's good to leave yourself those things because then it does look like this is what you've been planning and not that it came out of left field. So it's, it's a good habit to get in, but the downside of it is if you plant it too, obviously readers will start emailing you about it and you start thinking, I have to figure out what that could be now because everybody wants to know what it is and I haven't figured it out yet. So it's give and take as is anything with writing.
0: Uh... You studied screenwriting and film production, so have you ever thought to making either series into movies or TV at all?
1: Um, I have a film agent who shops the rights. Um, one thing that kind of surprised, I think, a lot of people was when we were first having conversations on that, I made it very clear that I don't want to be the one to write the screenplay. Um, not that a writer really has that much say, unless you're Suzanne Collins or something, they usually say we're buying your rights and we're hiring a professional screenwriter. And the the, the reason for that is because screenplays and books are completely different things. And I've taken enough classes on adaptation to know Why things would have to be changed and what things would have to be changed, but my brain can't come up with what I would change them to because what they are is how I want them. And so I think that the If it were to ever be made into a movie, it would be done better justice by someone who's not so personally attached to the reasons why I did what I did and could step in and say, we can combine those characters. We can combine that location. We can do those things that I'd be like, no, but we need that character. And so I I just think that it would have a better possibility of being a good movie, which is what you go for. and, And it's so often not what comes out when these things happen. It's amazing how many bad movies have been made off of books. And so I would think that it would be better if I step back. Not that I wouldn't want to have some say over, like, reading what somebody else does, but I would really like somebody else to write it.
0: Do you finish the book from one series before starting on the book from the other one, or do you switch between them, or how do you manage that?
1: Um, I My ideal was... When I first committed to the two-book-a-year contract, I always I was say naive Shannon. <laughs> Her plan was that for six months of the year, I'd work on one book, and then for six months of the year, I'd work on the other book, and neither path would ever cross. Um, but then reality <laughs> came down, and for one thing, publishing... It's sort of like a game of hot potato, and you turn the draft in, and then it bounces back to you with revision, and then you turn the draft in, and it bounces back to you with revision, and you turn it in again, and now it's copy edits, and then you give it back, and now it's first pass, and you just sort of get to a point where you're thinking, I'm so sick of reading this, and I have to read it again, Um, and each one of those things takes time, so I try to at least only draft one at the same time, but I have right now, I am starting to draft one and revising another because there just aren't enough months in the year. I really, really need a TARDIS. So if anyone has a direct line to the doctor and let him know that I don't even need to be a full-fledged companion, I'm fine with just being a single episode. I just need about three more months. So if I could just chill in the TARDIS for three months and then have him drop me back off, that would be great, please. And preferably doctor number 10. (laughs)
0: well well, maybe he's listening so we'll see what happens (laughs) um why so many
1: cats (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was coming um you know what it is because I swear there is some sort of beacon on my house that is calling stray cats to it um I mean some of it's my fault we my husband and I went to the shelter and we decided we were going to get two that way they could be friends with each other and then about A year later, this little starved cat wandered into our yard, and I couldn't just ignore him. And he was a black cat, which they can have a really hard time finding a home. So I thought, all right, we can put a dish of food out. And then he made a friend, and then that friend turned out to be pregnant with kittens. (laughs) So there was one point in time where we had 11 cats because we had the kittens. Um, And of course you have to keep the kittens for eight weeks before you can give them away. So, of course, I fell completely in love with one of those kittens. So we kept that. That brought us up to five. And then the sixth one was our doing. We just decided that we had – Too many in the gray, black, and white scale, and that we needed an orange one for some diversity in our cat representation. So we got one more orange one, and we have said now that we are done. (laughs) Although we have had a few strays wander in and out, but they didn't stick around, and we're kind of glad about that. (laughs) Because seven cats really is beyond weird cat couple. It is just starting to become a little strange. (laughs)
0: So what are you working on now?
1: Right now, I am revising Let the Wind Rise, um, which is the third book in the Skyfall series. I just got my edits and um, it's due very, very soon. So it is kind of a drop everything and work on that deadline. Um, So hopefully once I finish that, then I can get back to the draft that I owe in January, which I'm not allowed to say what it is yet, though I'm sure some people can guess. (laughs) Um, And then after that, I'm not sure.
0: All right. Well, that was all I had for you, Shannon. So I just want to thank you for taking the time to do this interview.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And thank you to anyone who's listening. I know that I have a tendency to ramble. So seriously, big round of applause for anyone who made it through all of those ramblings. Go have a cupcake.